Hey everyone, welcome to the 4D Experience, Deep Dives with Dan and Drew. I'm Dan. And I'm Drew. Drew and I have semi-recovered from our round of golf today and we are ready to go. It, it, this is the episode where it's it's what's left of us after uh, a very warm, <laughs> kind of muggy day uh, out on the golf course. Uh, fun times, you know, that's always fun to do, but uh, we're kind of paying for it a little bit, but I guess that's life. We're sore, we're tired, but we're still excited. We to are pressing on, and we are going to do what we do. Yes. Um, and you know what? Our Chicago baseball teams deserve some That's hype. true. I mean, both of them. I mean, what has it been? Like 2008 since the last time we had both teams in first place? This kind of late into the season, if you want to say that? Yeah. Um, I mean, the White Sox, for all intents and purposes, are starting to pull away. The Indians have not had a good week, and I think... As, Other than when they play the White Sox. Yes. Um, but going into today, at least, they were four games up yeah. on the Indians. I look at that division. I don't see anybody, even with the White Sox, as banged up as they are, um, that can challenge. But we'll talk about a little bit that uh, more later. The Cubs, on the other hand, um, they have a little bit of a fight in them. I mean, the Brewers are competitive. The Cardinals are competitive. No one else in that division is competitive. Mm. The Reds and the Pirates are uh, one, two, three, Cancun already. And we're you know starting June. But um, a little bit more competitive, but they are, as of right now, this podcast tied for first with the Brewers, um, who they haven't played since like the first week of the season. So Yeah, and then I think they have like one or two more series, and then they're basically done with it. They played them a lot yeah. early. Um, but the Cubs this week um, had another terrific week. Uh, they're struggling late uh, against the Giants. They had a great start to their week, and then they sort of went on the road, and it, it's been less less than ideal. Yes, but, Cubs very good at home. They're I think twenty one and ten at home. Um, you know they they dropped one to the Reds to start the week, but they had won two out of three in that series, so they won the series. Um, uh, Pat, we got to set aside a second for Patrick Wisdom, a guy who I still go who. That's right, Patrick Wisdom who apparently is this unknown gem that's been sitting in the minor leagues and has come up and is just – he's done – this is your mean Mercedes-like. I mean, it's it's that type of – He's hit – Coming on and, and just doing whatever he wanted to do. Five home runs and seven starts yeah. that he's gotten, which is the first amongst that category, uh, beating out the names of Shane Andrews, if you remember him from the late 90s. pretty good guy. Uh, Glenn Allen Hill. Uh, who still has the most towering home run ever in Wrigley he Field history. He bombs. <laughs> um, yeah. So he he's uh, surpassed names of those caliber. And those guys were established starters for the Cubs those, year, those years. Um, but he's had to fill in because, you know, we talk a lot about the White Sox injuries uh, for good reasons. Um, but the Cubs are fighting injuries themselves. It, it, it hasn't it, – it wasn't nearly the – headline-grabbing injuries like the White Sox had, yes. where you had guys that were going to be out for long periods of time with some pretty darn serious injuries. This feels more like um, death via a thousand small cuts-type yes. injuries um, that just have piled up and have now, you know, when you actually look at the who's on the roster every day now, it's like, hmm, there's a lot of names I don't know. Yes. Uh, just to recap some of them, and I reiterate some of them because they've had a lot of them. But Rizzo's been down recently for a couple of weeks, uh, which is a big name. But uh, Nico Horner, who I've touted on this podcast as being a guy that they need to play more because he's hitting like 350 
Uh, he's out with an injury. Hayward just came back today from like three weeks out. Uh, Matt Duffy, who's been playing very, very well and being able to jackknife in wherever they need him, also out. Bodie's out with an injury. And then on the pitching side, at least uh, Trevor Williams, a starter, is is out. Alec Mills, who's been a very reliable bullpen guy. And uh, and Steele is also out. And that's just some and of them. And that's just some of them. I mean, if you actually look at the Cubs' bullpen, and by the way, like this is this is the story that when people are starting to talk about it, but for the very longest time, nobody was talking about how really, really good the Cubs' bullpen has been over the course of the last two, three weeks. I think they are leading the league in ERA, um, which is which is amazing. They went a span of like thirty. And doing innings. it with people who you've never heard of, it's like yeah. you literally flip over their their lineup and you go, "Hi, here's this guy. He's." Throws 95 on the black and has a two-point-something ERA. And here's this other guy who's the lefty who comes in out of the bullpen and throws 95 on the black and has a two-something ERA. It, it's been amazing how they've been able to swap in different pieces yeah. and continue to, to do well. They had a 19-8 and eight month of May. That's outstanding. Best record in baseball. Yep. Hello, how you doing? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, we talked about last week – this all leading to the eventual headache of are you buyers, are you sellers? If if this keeps up now, it's run into a bit of a speed bump in San Francisco, and that may just be that. Um, I'm not willing to say that one bad series will define a team, uh, but because they've – I think what it comes down to for me is we're going to know by the end of this month because their schedule is atrociously hard. Um but yeah, we're gonna find but, out if these guys are the goods yeah, or not. Hard schedules have not been an issue for the Cubs. They swept, no, they swept the Mets, and we talked about how Degrom didn't pitch in that series. But still, they swept the Mets, who are still in first place in the in the NL East. They swept the Dodgers, Dodgers. who are a legit team. Whoever you talk to, wherever you talk to, Correct. they're legit. And they just swept the Padres, Correct. who are loaded, and, um, and made that look relatively easy. easy. Those games were not. You know, really close. It wasn't one run, one excuse me, one run squeakers or anything like that. It was comfortable wins. Craig Kimbrell continues to pitch amazing. Um, that's a guy that is all the way back from whatever his was able. Oh yeah, he's, he's a stud. So welcome back to now, elite closer on the north side. All of those series that I just mentioned were played at home, correct? And they just got. Uh, I think they have one more game. They have in the one series. more game. They've, they've lost the first three to the Giants. In San Francisco. Correct. So, you know, it'll now, be interesting to see when the Giants come back around to Wrigley. Will right. that flip the switch? You know, it's it's a well-known thing that, you know, the circadian rhythms of flying across two time zones can sometimes funkify a team. And this is the first time that they've gone out west this season. So it's the first time they've done and, and you also have to remember, it's the first time they've done it in almost two seasons because they have played exclusively in their, in their, in, within their own division, really within their own time zone, other than maybe going to the Eastern time zone. So we, the Cubs themselves haven't done that. So I'm not surprised that this is proving to be a little more challenging at the start. But again, if if, if the, the bullpen can continue to do what it's doing, the starting pitching has gotten better. And we talked about a lot of times with the Cubs rotation um, them not having a lot of uh, high-velocity guys. Well, meet Albert Azalai, uh, who can bring it and who's been playing a lot better. He, he went he down to the minors. Lot, he yeah. came back. Uh, he's pitched very well. This is a exciting, interesting Cub team. 
Can they keep it going? I don't know, but let's just ride the wave while we've got it. Yeah, um, one pitcher that does concern me, and I would not have pegged him as the guy that would concern me. Going, I, I would be worried about Davies. I'd be worried about Williams. Uh, but Arietta this week specifically, not looked good. Um, he lost the game to the Reds, uh, pitched only three and two-thirds, gave up a couple of earned runs, and then he got walloped by the Giants on Friday, gave up six earned in two innings. Um, that one concerns me because you want him to be more of an anchor, a consistent anchor along with Hendricks. Um, we're not getting that. So. I mean, you wonder – I hate to say this, but you wonder if if he's he's reached the end of what he has in the tank. I hope that's not true. Um, the guy is a, is a fitness fanatic, so it's not for lack of trying. It's not for lack of effort. I'm just wondering if eventually – human body only has so many pitches in it. Um, well, he's never getting back to the peak no, that he was no. in with the Cubs no. uh, back I in mean, 2016. That, that was such an elite level Stellar. for yes. an entire half of a season. Um, the the greats that he was statistically comparable to uh, are, are the, the, like the all-time greats. seven ERA for yeah. like the second half of the year. Yeah, was that was nuts. Including like a no-hitter, maybe two, I forget. Two no-hitters that yeah. season. yeah. So, you know, Arietta's got to kind of shape up. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised with Jacques Peterson, who's been a very solid fit. And with Hayward being out, um, you think, you know, at, that might help out the bats, not having him in the lineup. But you'd think it'd be a defensive liability. But Jacques Peterson stepped up. He's definitely an upgrade over Schwarber defensively. Chris Bryant, ups to him because he stepped up in right field. And he's playing exceptionally well in a spot that he's not super comfortable with. Yeah, could have could have copped an attitude about you know playing in in positions that he that he's not used to, uh, but he hasn't. Uh, he's, and it hasn't affected his up. hitting. It has not affected his hitting at all. His hitting is is returned to what we would have expected Chris Bryant elite level to be. Um, obviously, I think that's kind of motivated by the fact that he's probably playing for a contract. Um, but again, you write it while you have it. I think the bigger picture is after this season, who are they able to keep? Who are they willing to spend enough money to keep? Um, but again, that's that's for later down the line. I mean, as you are right now, you are in a legitimate division race. You're even if you don't necessarily get to the division, you're in a legitimate wild card race. Um, so yeah, Cub fans, ride the wave. Yeah, and soon fans will be showing yes, up. This, this full. This 100%. just came out this week. Was um, we've been at sixty percent capacity in uh, in our two respective MLB stadiums. Uh, that will go to a hundred percent as the city of Chicago will enter what they call the bridge phase, which is the final phase of reopening. The rest of the state is already technically in the bridge phase. Um, I think June eleventh. Uh, barring some sort of a massive spike in COVID cases in, in the state of Illinois, uh, the state is set to fully reopen. So full capacity at bars, full capacity at um, restaurants, uh, no restrictions in terms of uh, attendance at any sporting events, uh, convention centers can fully reopen. So it's all the good things that, that, that you know, we were prompt, you know, you're promised if you've get your vaccines and you behave well, you can have this. Well, you can have it. Um, now, when we talk about the South side, I'll, I'll ex we'll talk about my little experience. Yeah. Um, I think when I did it live, the, the Cubs, 
I think, thrive on that maybe as much or more than any other team. Well, that, it makes Wrigley Field so much more of that a, environment of, is, a, of a thing when the fans are there and they're extra rowdy and it's hot and it's day baseball. They've been, they've been drinking already baseball. at the bars in yeah. Wrigleyville. And, yeah. Because um, I remember like every broadcaster that covered a Cubs game last year was like, this is by far the weirdest stadium to come into and it's empty. Correct. Because even when the Cubs were atrociously bad. It was never empty. Always sold out. So it's, it's whereas the White Sox, you can't necessarily say well, that. Well, didn't always sell out, but they would at least be 60 to 70% full most of the yeah. time. So it, I think they're already doing well at home. They're already, both teams are playing well at home. So I think the the more fans as both teams continue to play well, um, will only make that home field advantage that much more Relevant. steady. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so switching to the south side, um, the Sox have also had a pretty good week. Um, yeah, it's nice to have an easier part of your schedule when you are fighting as many, as we talked about earlier, high-profile injury the injuries for long periods of time as they are. Um, it's nice to have Baltimore on your schedule. They, they, they won, I think, the game against Cleveland that they had to win. They had to win the first of that doubleheader. Um, that, that whole series just didn't line up well if they lose that. And as it turned out, it proved to be pretty relevant. It also, you know, you only lose two games to them as opposed to four uh, because of that. So, um, yeah, Sunday, uh, Baltimore, Lucas Giolito, seven innings, pitched 12 Ks. Dude's a strikeout machine, good or bad. <laughs> Whenever he, however he pitches, he's striking people out. Um, Liam Hendricks. Uh, who a couple weeks ago I had said I was a little more nervous about. Well, he's kind of proven me wrong. Um, I'm still not sold. I don't know that I'm sold, but he's he's been a lot better, a lot more reliable, uh, getting the save. Billy Hamilton. How about The legend of Billy Hamilton continues to grow. Another home run. Uh, Nick Madrigal, Johan Moncada, two for four, RBI each. Tim Anderson, two hits. So very solid victory there. However, they only scored three runs. Uh, but Monday against Cleveland, this was the game that I said they had to win. They win eight to six. It went extra innings. It goes to eight innings. That's an extra inning game. So they actually win one of those weird put a guy on second base games on the road. Hey, it's possible. Um, Cody Hoyer got the win. Carlos Rodon, five run runs and six innings pitched. Not his best outing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we had to have a little bit of regression to the mean there. Uh, Adam Eaton actually came up nicely. Uh, two for four with uh, our two RBIs home run in the eighth inning. Uh, Larry Garcia, two for three. Zach Collins, two RBIs. Yermin Mercedes and Jose Abreu, each with an RBI. Uh, the gate, second game, kind of a tough loss. They lose three to two. Um, they had uh, Mr. Lambert. I don't know, actually know who his first name is, so I apologize for that. He ended up taking the loss. He was kind of the spot starter with Kopech being down. Uh, they had to go basically bring a guy up. That was the guy that they brought up. Um, Moncada and Hamilton each went two for three. Lamb, Abreu, Madrigal each got a hit. Uh, Tuesday against Cleveland, again, they lose six to five. Dylan Cease, not his best outing either. Uh, this was the Shane Bieber uh, game, so you weren't necessarily expecting a win. If you could get it, it would have been a bonus, but unfortunately they fall just short. Uh, Wednesday's game was rained out, uh, so rescheduled for a September 23rd doubleheader. And then we get the Detroit Tigers come into town. 
Uh, Thursday's game, a nice win, 4-1. to Lance Lynn continuing to do yeoman's work, uh, getting the win. Liam Hendricks, another save. We also need to talk about Yasmani Grandal and the statistical anomaly that is Yasmani Grandal because the dude is hitting under 200, but when he hits, they go long ways. They go very long distances. He had a home run. Uh, Jake Lamb had a home run. Tim Anderson and Johan Moncada, very much a modern type of baseball. It literally was. It was either a home run or a strikeout. Lots of strikeouts on both sides. Uh, followed by probably the wackiest game I think I've seen this season uh, against Detroit, a 9-8 victory. And, oh, by the way, I was actually able to do this live. I hope people enjoyed the tweets. I that did. is something that you would like to continue us doing, please let us know at 40 Experience 1. Uh, it was interesting to to actually be live at a, at a sporting event, first time in almost 18 months for me personally. So that was, that was really cool. Um, Liam Hendricks actually got the win by coming in and throwing three pitches. So it, it, my, my whole pitching win thing, I think, was very much... Keiko goes six innings yes. and an earned run. He probably yes. deserved a W. Exactly. Um, and had the bullpen not kind of blown up, he would have gotten the win. Ooh, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, Evan Marshall, not very good. Hoyer uh, wasn't either. Hoyer wasn't much better. It eventually took... Uh, I think they brought in Crochet to finally stop the bleeding in what was a very, very long Which he did do. He's been consistently No, he came in and, like, that was the dude throwing strikes. He's got a .54 ERA right now. No, he's been locked down. He's been really good. Uh, Yasmani Grandal, two for two, two home runs. He also walked twice in that game. Correct. So two's wild everywhere. Yes. Um, Except for three runs scored. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Nick Madrigal got in on on the act, uh, two for four with a home run, his second of the season. Tim Anderson had two RBIs, Adam Eaton an RBI, and Yermaine Mercedes, who'd been struggling a little bit, got the walk-off winner and led to a very happy crowd as walking out of guaranteed rate field on Friday. Uh, Saturday versus Detroit in what was a very hot and sticky game at guaranteed rate field. The Sox fall. I believe the final was 4-3. to three. Um, Lucas Giolito... Pitched okay, just not great. Unfortunately, gave up a few home runs. That proved to kind of be the downfall. So the same uh, guy. Is the long ball. Uh, their first baseman, I think his name is Shoop, is probably the one dude in that entire lineup that you might want to avoid. Jonathan and he's Stoke. just been he's from uh, Baltimore. Yeah. He's just been uh, killing the White Sox these last couple of games. So Haas. But, Haas hit two home runs yeah, today. Yeah. Uh, the catcher who is now playing somewhere out in the outfield today. Uh, keep that dude in the lineup if you're a Detroit fan. Um, but irrespective of the loss today, the Sox continue to be four games up in the division after Friday. They are 22 and now 10. That's still amazing at home this season. Dan, I've talked a bunch. <laughs> yes. Um, so just to clean up a couple things, Jimmy Lambert was the starter that we pulled up from AAA. Thank you. Um, Yasmani Grendal is, like you said, a complete anomaly. Um, and he, he's batted everywhere in the order. He's he's kind of fallen comfortably in that 5-6 hole uh, behind Abreu, uh, but they've put him up in the Billy Bean-style uh, second hole a couple of times because, yes, he might not get a hit, but he will get on base, and then you'll have people on base for Mancata and Abreu and Mercedes. Yep, yep. Um, so they played around with that a little bit, um, which is great. Obviously, you have Anderson Madrigal up top. Um 
regression to the mean for Mercedes. He's now under 300. So kind of continuing that's, you know, back to normalcy, I guess. Um, but on the flip side, Billy Hamilton. Um, has- and, and I would say he came into the game on Friday. And this is one of those things you don't realize the perspective until you're at a game of how fast he really is. And he's slower than he used to be. He made <laughs> an outstanding catch in the outfield to keep the game close in the, in the eighth inning. Uh, he was basically playing uh, base shifted over to um, right center field. The ball was going into the left center field gap and that dude just glided over and he, he, Went to his knees, made an outstanding catch, and still had the presence of mind to try to flip the ball to Leori Garcia to try to double off the Detroit guy who was trying to get back to first base. Um, the only reason they didn't end up doubling the guy off was because Garcia didn't realize what Hamilton had actually done and kind of bobbled the ball. But an outstanding catch. That dude can flat out fly. Which is exactly the reason whenever he gets on base, always 100% of the time, green light. Whenever he wants to go, yeah, let, let him, him let run. Him study the move. I don't and, care who's at the plate. Yeah. I don't care what the situation is. If he's on base with nobody ahead of him, run it around. It, it should be an automatic double every time that dude hits first base. Yep. Uh, triple. Yeah. Very <laughs> so, well could be. Yeah. Um, he's been very successful. I think every game I've watched that he's played and he's stolen And he's third. becoming a cult hero amongst the fans. Um, we actually did on Friday get into a bit of a Billy chant when he made that catch. So He's been playing cool much, much better the last couple of weeks, uh, which leads today's events to be a little bit uh, more on the sad side. He uh, was taking a cut, um, and it, it looked awkward. It looked like he had decided not to swing, so he stood up a little bit and then decided to swing anyway and then immediately grabbed at his right side. Um, the, the, word, the last word that I had heard was it's just, side soreness um but as steve stone uh what i think accurately put it it's probably an oblique strain um that makes a lot of sense the problem with an oblique strain is that it's a it's a core muscle so it's involved in a lot of uh body movements uh, which can make it a little bit more of a nagging injury that can linger um so we'll see how he kind of recovers from it uh if he needs some time off um, you know, we'll see, or if they can pinch run, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, the, the team has not made any sort of announcements. Now what I'm not hearing, which I think is good. There's no like scheduled MRI, um, or anything like that. No x-rays or something have been ordered. So that's always good. Um, he did finish the plate appearance, but left with what they called, I think Dan, you mentioned it side, soreness. side yep. soreness. So that is the, that's a baseball NHL equivalent hockey, of yes. upper body injury, <laughs> if I've ever heard one. So we will, we'll see what, what happens. But obviously we wish that if he is out of the lineup, it's not for very long uh, because he's developed into quite an interesting and fun story. Um, something that I, I, I don't want to raise alarm bells and I don't want to you know, uh, make too much of it because obviously he's still hitting and um, he's still got a great batting average. But Tim Anderson... Is not hitting the 330 like we're used to the last two years. Um, and it's dipped below 300 as well. Uh, just something to keep an eye on. Um, if it continues to fall, if he continues to have these 0 for 5, 1 for 4 types of days, we need him to hit and get on base. Uh, sometimes the Sox lose these games because they're 
scoring just disappears. Well, it's and it's the heart of the lineup. It's the three, four, five spots. I mean, that was the game in Detroit. Like for the longest part of that game, the three, four, fives were all offers. Yeah. And you know, it wasn't until the, basically the last inning that they finally woke up and were able to then pull out a, a walk-off, very satisfying walk-off victory. Um, but at the same time, it was like, you know, you looked – another thing that you can now see when you can see the the lineup one to nine with, you know, everybody's stats at a ball game, um, it, it definitely opens your eyes as to where uh, the hole can sometimes be. And uh, yeah, you, three, four, and five has to be consistent. You look at it, and it's, it's weird to look at these stats because you're like – uh, you know, Moncada's hitting 299. Like that's a that's a good year. Like Moncada's doing great. But then you look he's at he's been the guy that they traded for. But then you look to Abreu and you were like think like all of your memories are like, well, he's bashing the ball and he's getting all these RBIs, but he's only hitting 253. And then you're like Andrew Vaughn, everybody's hyping Andrew Vaughn because he's played better than people have expected. Well, he's playing better, but he's also hitting 227 with a lot of offers. Um, so and then Jake Lamb. Jake Lamb. Who's Jake Lamb? Well, he's hitting 278, which is much better than I'm sure many people figured. So this is a weird kind of lineup when you really break down. Yeah, but some they, of the they do manage to get on base. I mean, yes. a lot of their OPS figures, which I mean, we can debate what stats mean what, but sure. that's one of the ways that people try to, to uh, alternate ways that people try to look at at the overall picture of a hit. Well, that's where Grandall's value. Correct. Is. That's exactly where Grandall's value is. I mean, it's a statistic. It's such a statistical anomaly. The dude was batting 154, and that was after the second home run, by the way, uh, on Friday night. Um, and and But his OPS is near 1,000, which is really good. Yes. He was on a list that featured just Barry Bonds. It was him and Barry Bonds four times. Right which that's a good list to be on when you're talking about on-base percentage and yep, absolutely. Um, and walk rate. But um, yeah, this the, the White Sox are a very interesting team. And, you know, we'll continue to follow their progress as they kind of go up and down. Um, yeah, one more with the Tigers tomorrow. Um, then I think they hit the road a little bit. I know MLB kind of had something to say about that rescheduled doubleheader because uh, they got postponed in Cleveland one of these days. And they put it to September 23rd. You know MLB well, was like... And you also have to remember, that was the first off day for the Sox in almost like 30 days. Yeah. So they have actually been running the gauntlet. And the fact that they are as far ahead in the division, um, it either speaks to the relative weakness of that division or the relative strength of the White Sox. I'm not necessarily probably sure. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah, probably a little bit of both at this point. Um, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. I'm sure they might be buyers as well in the next month and a half. Um, so we'll keep an eye on it. But we'll switch to some other lovely around-the-country sports after our break that we're about to take. Yeah, so come on back, and uh, we'll dive into some NBA, some NHL, and a little bit of other stuff as well. So we're back from break, and we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs. We're now into round two. Yes, we have one first-round series still wrapping up. They're going to a Game 7 tomorrow, which is the Dallas Mavericks and L.A. Clips. However, we will have a new NBA champion this season as the L.A. Lakers have been eliminated. Yes, and, you know, I I tweeted this out uh, on my personal Twitter, um, at Daniel underscore Allen 44, um, that I think it's the end of an era. I think the King James era is officially over. Um, in, in terms of, like, obviously he's still a productive player. He scored 
24, I think, the first night, and 29 the last night when they got eliminated. He's still obviously a good basketball player. I'm not saying that. But I think we're in the Jordan Wizards years where Jordan was still productive. He was still averaging 20 a night. He put up the occasional 40 or 50. That's that's fine. But as in terms of putting a team on his back and dragging them to a finals, that's over. And that very well could be. And I mean, we've seen that bad, proof. That that's certainly that's certainly plausible. Um, he was much more LeBron, the facilitator. Uh, that was what uh, every every commentator that I heard talk about this series was saying was you know he's passing the ball too much. He's not using his own ability to to score and create his own shot. Um, and the game that they got eliminated wasn't even close. It was a blowout. No, the Suns um, put it on a pretty Devin Booker. Yeah, just, decided just to balled out them. those last two games, yeah. um, which earned a lot of respect around the league. And it's like, look, LeBron's era might be ending, but there is some young, up and coming studs yep. yeah, that are ready to take his spot. And Devin Booker is one of them, and he proved it. Um, the Suns are an exciting team. They're really, really good. They'll have a challenge in the Denver Nuggets, um, who dispatched of the Dame Lillard-led Trailblazers, which led to their coach being nixed. Um, but look, the Denver Nuggets, I think if they had Jamal Murray, who tore his ACL uh, a couple of months ago, if they had Jamal Murray, man, the Nuggets might be in line for a championship run. But they don't. They have the MVP to be uh, Jokic uh, doing Jokic things. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a fun, high-scoring series. Yep. Um, and the winner of the Mavericks Clippers will get the Utah Jazz, who, after losing the first game to the Grizzlies, took care of business and won four straight, uh, to no one's surprise. Um, and in the East, you got the Sixers and the Hawks. I think everybody. Well. I was gonna. I was about to say everybody expects the Sixers to run away with it, but Joel Embiid just had a small meniscus tear. Um, no one knows exactly what his status is, um, so that's a question mark for the Sixers. And Trey Young is balling out in Atlanta. Um, and then the Nets and the Bucks started their second round series tonight. Um, it surprised me to see uh, the Bucks get beat fairly easily. Um, so. I don't know. I, I think in these series, I got. I still have the Bucks beating the Nets because I believe in defense. I'm a sucker. I know. Uh, I still have the Sixers beating the Hawks. I got the Mavericks beating the Clippers in Game Seven tomorrow. Go Luca. <clears throat> I'll have um, the. I'll have the Suns beating the Nuggets in a minor upset, even though they're the two seed. And then um, I'll have the Jazz over whoever comes out of the. The clips. I also want LA out of the playoffs completely. So let's just get the Clippers out. Um, no Staples Center for you. No, let's just end that now, and that'll be fine. Um, but no, the NBA playoffs have been fun. There's been a lot to talk about. Uh, I think obviously the biggest storyline is the LeBron thing. Absolutely. I mean, they they came at the King, and the King is no longer playing. So that's a huge story in and of itself. Obviously, now I think this makes uh, the rest of these playoffs wide open. I personally, you know, that I, I think the Brooklyn Nets are probably going to come out of the East given, uh, you know, just the massive the, amount of talent, that the, they have. the amount of talent that they have and the opponents that are left in the East. Yes. That, that that's probably the best of the East, but I think Brooklyn is just a little bit on another level. The West is wide open. Um, 
I still think the Nuggets are going to come back on the Suns. I know the Suns are a very, very hot team right now, but uh, uh, depends on Chris Paul's health. Yeah. If his shoulder is okay, I think the Suns take them out fairly easily. If he's not, Nuggets could very easily win that series. Yeah. So, for sure. Yeah, a lot of intrigue. Um, and we'll see how it all plays out. That's why we watch. Yeah, we'll keep covering it. Yep. Um, there will be a lot to talk about. NBA does not uh, short themselves on storylines. No, so. never. never. Um, the other, I guess you can call it winter sport, even though it is technically June and it's almost 90 degrees outside, uh, is continuing its playoff run. Uh, that would be the NHL. Um, the Boston Bruins and the New York Islanders are wrapped up in a tight series uh, that is tied at two. The Tampa Bay Lightning are up big time on the Carolina Hurricanes, who they've played well, but the Lightning are probably just on a little bit of another level. Uh, that series is three to one. The red hot Montreal Canadiens uh, not only did what I thought they were going to do and dispatch of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that curse continues. Uh, I think we're up to 20-some years now between the last time they've won a series. Uh, but they are taking it to the Winnipeg Jets as well. Carey Price, welcome back, uh, up 2 nothing in that series. And it's my a good Jets team, yeah, too. And my presumptive favorite for the Stanley Cup now at this point is the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, they continue to lead the Vegas Golden Knights 2-1. to one. It was nice to see Vegas at least make it a series. Uh, after the shellacking that the Avalanche laid to them in Game One, seven to one in ow. Game One. Ow, ow, ow! Mm. Robin Leonard, who used to play for our own Blackhawks, um, got thrown into the the series. It was his first game in the playoffs, and ouch, seven goals and didn't get pulled. So I don't know if there's an injury with Mark Andre Fleury. It's hockey; you're never going to find out until six weeks after the season ends uh, when the surgery actually happens. But um, that's not good for the Golden Knights, but those are the two best teams in that division. So that's kind of where we are. We're at the division final stage uh, before any crossover. So these are all the teams that continue to play each other the entirety of the year. Um, so no new really matchups until the next round, which will be the conference finals, and then eventually the Stanley Cup final. They've said they've made some more progress on trying to get on the same page. With well, the, we have to get Canada yes. down – to, or across the border, or we have to go up over the border to award the Stanley Cup because uh, the Canadian teams have to do something, are going to have a say in this one way or another. So that'll be an interesting story to watch because it's coming up quickly. Yep. Yep. Um, can we talk about how Boston has stayed relevant for forever? David Posternock. Um, sometimes he has one of the more annoying commercials when watching hockey. Um, but the dude is good. The dude continues to bring it like, uh, I mean, night in and night out. Tuka Rask continues to be just ageless in the net. Um, it's and, really uh, something to appreciate because, you know, the, the Penguins went out early. The Blackhawks aren't in it. Um, Patrice Bergeron, he's still really, really good, still playing at an elite level. Um, his statistical comp is Jonathan Taves, so what does that tell you? Um, and then uh, Brad Marchand. Uh, continues to reinvent himself. The dude was pretty much known as kind of like an Andrew Shaw type uh, with not really good hands. Well, if his hands have gotten a lot better, and he's still got the attitude to go along with him. Um, so, yeah, a lot of good talent that uh, continues to be very relevant in Boston. So Really impressive them. the run they've made over the last decade plus. Mm -hmm. um, Without necessarily winning a championship. I mean, I think they won one. Yeah, well, the Blackhawks have something to do with that. That's true. 
uh, <laughs> it helps, which I'm okay with. Um, and then Montreal, again, like you said, red hot. And, you know, getting rid of Toronto and Toronto's demons are one thing. But Winnipeg came in taking care of a very good Edmonton team. Uh, Winnipeg's no joke, especially with Hellebuck at, in goal. And they're up 2-0. Yeah. And if you're looking at these teams and you're wondering, okay, where's all the stars? There's no Alex Ovechkin. There's no Connor McDavid. There's no Leanne Dreisaitl. Um, all those those people are, are, are now watching at home. Look at Nathan McKinnon on the Colorado Avalanche. That is a dude who knows how to take over a game in the playoffs um, and has not been uh, fettered at all uh, in this. Uh, look at Victor Hedman on the Tampa Bay Lightning. That is a look big, at, bad, big D-man. Look at the really Tampa good. Bay Lightning's entire roster. Correct. They are loaded. Yes. With I think you're going to see uh, this is going to be Tampa against Colorado. If th- those are, I think, the two presumptive best teams. Um, if they make it to that, it's good. I think the final would be epic if that's how this decants. Um, so we will see. I guess I'm going to, if I had to pick a favorite, um, I'm going to ride with the Avalanche. I think of these teams, who would I want to see win? I think I'm going with Colorado. I always, you know, I'm a sucker. I was uh, a big fan of those Joe Sackick, Patrick Waugh avalanche. I always like watching them play. I hated them for, for one their- reason and one reason only. And it was because of the ugliest dude in all of hockey for all time. And that was Mike Ricci. Mm. <laughs> you want to talk about a hockey face? <laughs> I know his mother loves him, and I'm sure he's a good guy. But damn, that dude was ugly. I'm talking about the beauty of the game of hockey. And he's talking about the beauty of some guy's face. <laughs> but um, Joe Sagan was really good. Peter Forsberg was really good. Yes. Patrick Waugh. They were um, a great, that was a great, great team. hockey yes. team. Um, they should have been the Quebec Nordiques, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but yes, that team as assembled was a great, great I was team. always fascinated by the foot logo that they had on their shoulder. I was like, what is that? Why? I don't get it. But that, I don't know. I've just always been kind of attracted to the Colorado Avalanche for some weird reason. It's, but, a, very, it's a very passionate fan base. I will I will say this. You sure. know, once hockey went out there, that their fans embraced it. Um, so very good to, to have. Hey, I'd rather have a team in Colorado than Atlanta Threshers. That's true. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, Ted Turner tried and didn't work. And now we're going to pick Jets, so they made people happy again. Yes. Look at that. So one last little quick tangent that I wanted to talk about, as some of you may know, I'm a big racing guy. I'm going to go grab a beer really quick. (laughs) And we had uh, the Indy 500 uh, was last weekend. Um, Single most attended sporting event since the start of the pandemic, 145,000 fans. Kind of gave me a little anxiety watching it a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, there was a little bit of... um, I will say Lee, Diff- Lee Diffie, the, the lead commentator on NBC, kind of got to me when he said the soul is back in the speedway. I, I kind of had a minute that I had to kind of go, okay, congratulations, NBC, who had been washing you over with it for the last hour up to the, the start of that race. Um, yeah, that got to me a little bit. But, so I had a quick little minute that I was good after that. But uh, the race was probably better than the product was actually co- uh, quite a bit better than what I had expected. Um, a very popular winner. In, in Helio Castroneves, a guy uh, who had kind of been shunned, basically uh, locked out of a job and no ride and hooks up with kind of a small team. It, it feels a lot like a Disney story. You're going to probably see a movie 20 years from now about this. Um, the, the team he races with is based out of Joliet, um, Meyer Shank Racing. So, um, you know, bit of a Chicago connection to all of this as well. 
Isn't um, he like one of a handful of guys to win it, it four times? Yes. I mean, you're talking AJ Foyt, Al Unser, um, the elite of of racing uh, are, are the four-time winners. And Helio is now amongst them. Um, but it's also just nice. You know, talking about getting back to, to normalcy, what we're all doing. Uh, nice to have that race back where it belongs on Memorial Day weekend in its normal spot. It was nice to to get draped with all the Indiana, um, you know, accoutrement and and, and and ceremony and all that. Um, and it was a fun race. So that's that's the best part of it. So uh, just a little bit on the Indy 500. Yeah, I, I just a personal note on on the COVID part of it. I had a friend that they were also hosting the Olympic gymnastic uh, qualifying. Um, in Indianapolis that same weekend. And she wanted to go to there because she's a gymnastics coach. And the requirements were you needed a negative COVID test to get into the building to be a fan of that. And whereas the Indy 500 had 135,000 plus people. And she's just like... Well, indoors versus outdoors. And indoors versus outdoors. Our, our understanding of... Two separate you know, Olympics versus a Correct. NASCAR event. They're Correct. two separate organizations. Don't call it NASCAR. Yeah, so it's uh, yes, yeah, IndyCar. Yes, sorry, but it's the two separate organizations. Um, so it's like, yeah, <laughs> what are you gonna do? And the Olympics are a whole other right. conversation that we need to have. But no, it, it was interesting to see. And as we've talked about, the Cubs and Sox going full scale. It was nice to see that, even though it did give me a little anxiety. But it was nice to see a full crowd, very energetic, and obviously it was wonderful to see. Helio Wynn, who's a guy that I actually recognize. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, um, and he will be, you know, doing all the talk shows. He probably has done a whole bunch of the talk yes, shows yes, this yes, week. Yes, so yes. very good. And congratulations to him. Uh, so that is pretty much kind of the end of what we wanted to bring to you tonight. Uh, we're still cooking. We're still humming. Uh, we got through it. We didn't yell at each other this no, time. But if no. you want to hear us yell at each other, there's that episode out there. Yeah, that's true. Check that out. It's called uh, You'll Love Us When We're Angry or Things Get Spicy. Um, yeah, we, we are occasionally going to, we may do that again. We have some other topics I'm that we're thinking sure about. sure we will. <laughs> Baseball will probably be at the front of it. Um, so anyway, for Dan, I am Drew. It's always fun bringing it to you, and we will catch you all on the next one.